The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Well, go on, Kev. We didn't talk about it last week. We should do this week. You are now a radio star. <laughs> I don't know about that. I, I, I'm having a go at, at Tinternet Radio. Tinternet Radio. Well, you should, for those that don't know, Kev um, is now on, it's Thursday nights or Thursday afternoons. Thursday afternoons. Thursday yeah. afternoons. Um, you are now uh, on radio as a fully-fledged DJ. I think DJ is 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 push, pushing it a bit fine. But yeah, I am. I'm on uh, Incapable Staircase Internet Radio. I am Country Boyo. <laughs> Where does the name Incapable, what is it, Staircase? Incapable Staircase, yeah. So it was set up by, um, well, James and Bella, the names are, uh, right at the beginning of last year. Right. Uh, you know, it's like a... Yeah, it's a non not for profit type thing. There's loads of people on there now, and and obviously during the lockdown, everybody was off work, so they all kind of did so, and it ended up being kind of twenty four hours a day, uh, and it's great. It's, there's there's loads and loads of shows on there. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's kind of taste for everybody. But yeah, so so they got in touch, and and I'm I'm on there now doing my country. Country, country folk show. and acoustic, which is my get out of jail card. How, acoustic, how they, that could be everything. How did they get in touch with you then? How did they know that Marlins was a bit of a country boyo, as you're called? Well, Sturdy, Dave Sturdy, who's who's now in my old office, he uh, he's on there as well. In fact, ah. he's, as we record this, he's doing his show is right he? this second. No yeah. way. <laughs> um, he should tune in. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, he, he finishes at four. <laughs> but the so so he was. He was like, uh, you know, he came in and he saw kind of all of the um, podcast equipment and the yeah. same boards up on the wall and everything. He was like, oh, you know, you're into your music. Because, I, I, you know, I've been to film him do uh, long players concerts and things like that in Malmesbury. And he's like, oh, you, you fancy it? You know, they're looking for they're looking for some, somewhere else. I was like, well, and then before I knew it, demo was done. And, and you're you in. Know, <laughs> I was in. Yeah, that all happened last week. And then yesterday... <laughs> Are we I, was like, I watched that timer go down oh, from no. five seconds to zero and it went, you are on air. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> The Fuji Cast. Well, here we are, Fuji Cast. Another week has come round. Kev still in Bunker Malmesbury just for a couple more weeks. And then and then you're joining us uh, over here again, aren't you? Eh? Yep. All, and she'll be whipping up the M4 to you. All back to normal. Um, well, welcome to the show. Um you and your questions from our electronic mailbag and of course also through the Fujicars private Facebook group that you're welcome to become a part of if you would like to send a mail though in the old fashioned way send to click at fujicars.co.uk if you are not a Fujifilm shooter do not worry it's a big community and whatever flavour you shoot you are very welcome thank you to our friends who've now supported us on Patreon I think we're going to do some uh, Patreon call outs in a mo which for the price of a coffee keeps the show growing and most importantly going I forgot you don't like that expression do you um, no. Kev's book of the week this week is it affordable or is it something you have to sell your nearest and dearest to afford no it's a really cool book very uh, available on Amazon uh, Matthew Beck event actually um, uh, I heard Joel Mayowitz um, talking about it right so that's why I went for it well if it's good enough for Joel Mayowitz it's got to be mm-hmm. good, good enough for us Mm-hmm. And of course, after today's show, some of the subjects get picked up in the private Facebook group, which you are also welcome to join. So, oh yes, and uh, today's guest is New York portrait photographer Donna Svenovic. Three decades a New York portrait photographer and a long tail project maker too. Right, let's look at those that have joined us, Kev, in Patreon. Indeed. So, in uh, in no particular order, apart from the order that they subscribed, we have uh, Stephen Anker, we've got Tim Helps, and Tim certainly helps okay. boom boom oh dear uh, we've got our good friend Rob Ward you yeah. remember Rob oh Rob how is he yeah. I've spoken uh, Rob for ages I bought a big tripod off uh, Rob once yeah Rob yeah That's I like Rob I, I slept in his bedroom once in his you? spare bedroom yeah nice chap uh, <laughs> Spencer Wynn <laughs> um, Christian Glock yeah. uh, Chris O'Sullivan and David Tanner ah David Tanner I know David because he very kindly supports the uh, Photography Daily podcast too. So uh, thank you, David. Right, let's do a bump to the front question then, Kev. Um, do you want one about weddings or do you want one about ND filters? Let's go. Uh, let's go for the, the exciting ND filter question. <laughs> okay. yeah, well, I, I think we've had something like it before, but I, I know it wasn't this because Johan Borhead starts off with yada yada yada. Um, like the knights who say nigh, that should be our greeting phrase, he says. 
Um, he says, oh, I think you ah, oh, I think you missed my question, the box gate debacle, he said to me. Or or maybe you skipped it for some reason. Um, but he, he said so but I've sent a bonus one instead that you can tackle. I was thinking about the latest addition to the X one hundred V, the N D filter functionality in video. I would love to have this on my XH one, since I switch between photo and video a lot in my job as a photojournalist. Would this be possible? How hard can it be? I guess it's expensive to manufacture and, and need some room in the cameras, but on the future XH2, well, I wouldn't mind the extra bulk. Now, we have had a very similar question to this, so we might be might be going over a little bit of old ground with this. And, of course, the XH2 rumours came out, didn't they, earlier last mm-hmm. week? So what do you think, Kev? Can it yeah, get done? Well, clearly, it's, it's not something that can be retrofitted in firmware, so no, it definitely no. won't be in the XH1. But... Uh, I don't know. It's a little bit like the question we had last week about um, leaf shutters and, uh, you know, why are they not in the interchangeable lens cameras? And then somebody did on the Facebook group put a very good explanation of all of the cameras that have actually got leaf shutters built into them. Um, But, uh, yeah, I'm presuming that the reason why it's only in the uh, X100 is because it's, uh, you know, it's a non-changeable lens and there's all kinds of... uh, muck and whatever can get inside if you if you can if you if one you change the lens so that that's my guess whether i mean the xh2 yes there was rumors started to fly around last week um on the rumor sites and everything and obviously they're just rumors so you, you can't put any any kind of um governance on them but in my mind uh you know it's been a long time since the xh1 came out they're clearly waiting i would say they're clearly waiting for next gen sensor um you know and and i think everybody wants that xh2 to be uh well actually maybe not everybody but certainly a lot of people wants it to want want that wants the xh2 to be uh video focused yeah i know yeah um, did you did you read all the rumor uh, stuff on i it? did yeah i did yeah. read it um what did you think well if all those rumor things are, are true then yeah it's gonna be great um but you know who knows and and Presumably, it won't be this year either. It'll be 2022. No. So, you know, we've got a lot of, lot of time to get it, used to it, 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 not it having did, it yet. It did miss out. Well, not that I thought they were going to have it, but it did miss out the idea of a grip with a, an XLR, which um, I, I know it was very much a fantasy thing, that. But um, I, I was hoping if it was going to be much more film uh, video focused, there might be some sort of balanced sound input or something going on well i don't think that's going to happen is it i don't know i mean i i honestly don't know i I think that would be a great thing also if they did it um not that i i mean you know the the compressor in inside the xt4 and in fact the gfx 100 is very very good so uh you know whether it actually needs xlr input i don't know but yeah i mean uh, a a um a grip at least with that option yeah, the, pro- um, the problem is you you're lim- limited on the microphones you can use. Um, yeah, of course, yeah. And that if you can't have a balanced input, then you know, some of these really f- fabulous um, shotgun mics, yeah. you convert them down to a 3.5 jack, and, you, you know, you're introducing bzzz yeah, at, some, yeah, yeah, at, some, yeah. at some stage, but I don't know. Who knows, Kev? No, I reckon I, I reckon you know more than you say, though, sometimes. Quick, get the vice out like they had. Uh, we've been watching... Um, Oh, um, in the line of um, in the line of duty, Kev, and and the bit where the bad guys put DS Arnott's fingers in the vice to make him talk—it's compelling stuff. Yeah, we have watched the latest one, but we've also gone way back to episode one, which we did watch in the first uh, season, because some of those characters in there have a relationship to characters that you see in the current series. Yes, they do. Don't uh, don't no no spoilers for people though. Should I not do that? Because we saw yeah. one in particular, one little lad yeah. that comes back as somebody else, won't say any more, where yeah. we thought, oh, no way! Yeah, we, we watched, we've watched this series so far, but I remember I only got halfway through the last series because they, they took some woman down the end of her by a river and cut her, cut her neck open, and I was like, I can't watch this anymore. I'm going back to... <laughs> Miss, Mar- Miss Marple, yeah. But, but this one, this series hasn't been that bad, has it, Kev? I, I... No, well, this series isn't so no. far correct. No. I think they've, they've, they've toned it down a little bit, especially for me. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Don't upset, Kev. Um, <laughs> Johan said uh, there was a second question. We'll allow you that, Johan, because you are a patron. Um, how worried are you on rainy days with your non-weather-sealed gear? 
I have a, a, an X100F, and while I don't use it in pouring rain, I feel that it should be possible to use in most cases. It's a thing that you're, you're, you're meant to bring with you, so in my opinion, I think I should, it should be able to handle a, a bit of weather. Uh, as always, thank you for the great show. With entertainment value, I listen to it all and learn uh, and laugh and learn a lot. Okay. Um, well, I I don't have my X100F uh, because I'm afraid that was one of the things that had to go to allow other things to be bought. Uh, but I am intending on the X1 uh, buying the X100V. But I will say I took my X100F out in all weathers, raining, snowing. Um, I, it, it went up the top of a mountain with me in a, an absolute blizzard in Norway. Not a problem at all. So I wouldn't worry about it. But, I mean, obviously that's not... Don't come back to me saying, Neil, you said it would be okay. It's just the experience I've had is it's always been perfect. It's no problem at all. Yeah, I, it's never... I have never, ever... When I see weather sealing on a, on a camera or a body, that never has an impact on my purchasing decision. Never. Like, no. ever. Um, but I know for some people it does because some people do live in extreme places. And... and uh, you know, rain, yes, but also dust and sand and things like that. You know, that's that's the thing, especially on the interchangeables. Yeah. The X100s, of course, you can weather seal it. You need to buy a little adapter ring. Um, but the the X100 is a non-interchangeable lens, so you, you're not going to be getting dust and, and no. fluff and all that kind of stuff in, your, in, in the camera. So it's a little less... Uh, you know, we talked about it last week. I, I dropped my X100S to the bottom of the swimming pool and, and it still know, works. I know, yeah. I Rusty, left, but it still I, works. <laughs> I left. I left the F out um, for uh, when I went to to do the African job. I left the F out one day. Be careful how you say that. Um, in in the yard just outside the house where I was staying, and uh, I'd completely forgotten about it. It was out on the table in the blaring sunlight, and they do say don't leave cameras out in the blaring sunlight, don't they? And that was absolutely fine as well. So it's been in in both sort of ranges of temperatures, actually, sub and plus. Yeah, yeah. I, I know for some people it's important, but yeah. but it's certainly not for me. Um, I have to say. Yeah. So comes with a nice <laughs> box as well, actually. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> On that note, I'm going to get one more in here before your question, Mark Simmons. Howdy, boys. Just a quick comment about boxes. Um, a, if boxes don't have value, why do people sell them on eBay? Do they, Kev? I didn't know they did that. Surely. Well, I, I have no problems with the people selling them on eBay because they they are entrepreneurs. <laughs> the people buying an empty box. They are idiots. Well, yeah, that's that's what he said for B. If boxes don't have value, why do people buy them off eBay? Frankly, I think Kev is leaving money on the table by throwing them out. He should autograph them with a silver ink marker and sell them on eBay. I think he'd be flabbergasted by how much he could get for them. Think of it, Kev, as a new revenue stream generated yep. from the sale of limited edition boxes. Keep up the good work. Hope you get a chuckle out of this <laughs> suggestion. Mark Simmons, somewhere in Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Which is yeah, home no, they might need weather-sealed lenses. Well, it's his home uh, of fresh dairy air and ch- uh, and cow chip throwing contests. <laughs> what the devil is a cow chip throwing contest? <laughs> they got shin kicking around here. Have you ever seen shin kicking? <laughs> no, they don't kick shins, do they? Yeah, they have shin kicking. They have... <laughs> It was, there's two on the uh, there's a program like the 20 most extreme sports you can right. get involved in and two of them <laughs> are within about 15 miles of my house you got the cheese rollers oh cheese rolling I've heard yeah I've heard of that cheese rolling yeah. throwing yourself after this massive great yeah, big cheese right. and people yeah. break their heads <laughs> and then uh, also in Gloucestershire is uh, shin kicking shin kicking <laughs> Just, you stick stick straw down your or the only thing you can do is you wear long socks you put straw down your socks and then you just kick the just shit kick out of sh- other people's shins. But that's, that can't be very good for you. Of course, but neither is chucking yourself down a hill after a cheese. Well, neither is cow chip throwing contest. <laughs> I know. Oh, and that reminds me, is your horse okay? <laughs> yeah, she's lovely. You, you took a photo of your horse the other day, didn't you? I did, yeah. The first well, actually, that, first that kind of goes into the, um, to the question I'm about to read from Casey. Oh, okay. Uh, off the Facebook group, Casey Eck uh, says, Hi, Kev. Hi, Neil. I'm having a gear identity crisis. What? <laughs> so well, that's that's gick <laughs> as opposed to gas. Wow, okay, that's a new uh, one. I've recently been tempted by the 16 1.4 Fuji lens. I've heard great things about it, and I've heard it's the best lens Fujifilm makes. The only problem is I'd have to sell off one of my other prime lenses to be able to afford it at the moment. I have the 23 and 35mm Fujicron lenses. I'm leaning towards getting rid of the 23. But is there something in that focus range worth mm. saving? Or will the 16 and 35 have me covered? 
I'll be interested to know your thoughts on whether the 16 millimeters is all cracked up to be. Thank you. So my answer to that, Casey, is get the new 18 mil. <laughs> I thought you were going to um, say that. I wondered. Uh, it's not going to go for 16. No. So uh, the, the 18 mil f1.4 was announced uh, yeah. yesterday, Thursday. Yes. Sorry, yeah. yesterday, yeah. Uh, Thursday. Well, okay, you know we didn't last week, last stuff. Thursday, last week, last Thursday, Thursday the 15th of April. <laughs> And, and I had it for a week, uh, a couple of weeks prior to it being announced. And uh, and and reason why Neil was referring to the horse was because I, I traditionally I try and take a picture of something I love. Yeah. The first picture I take uh, with either a, a new camera usually or a lens. And this time I picked the horse. I know, I couldn't believe it. I thought Gemma and the kidlings must have been thinking, hang on a minute, wait a minute, Dad. It always used yeah. to be us in those pictures. <laughs> oh, they're doing? fed up with it all now. But the, 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 uh, the so the horse got in there. Bless her. Mm. She is a lovely little thing. Well, actually, she's a lovely, enormous thing. Mm. Um, but so yes, I'm going back to Casey. My answer probably uh, would be the 18. I, I have the 16, um, and I will. I'm going to sell that um, part exchange it and get the 18 1.4 because the 16, as good as it is, and it is very, very good. Um, for me, that's a landscape lens, uh, you know, more kind of context lens, but the, the 18 is the focal length that I always wish I had at weddings. Uh, and I do have it with the 18 mil F2, the old version, but that's, uh, it's quite a slow lens. It's quite noisy. It's quite difficult in terms of the aperture ring and it's uh so now they've they've re replaced it or not replaced it but they brought out a 18 mil f1.4 which is bigger and heavier but it has rocket fast af it's the same as the 16 mil 1.4 in that that respect it's it's you know it's it's premium build all that stuff it's weather sealed for those of you in wisconsin <laughs> and uh I, I yeah so the 18 mil uh, 1.4 is where I was going to go, where I would go. The 616, by the way, 16 millimeter. I mean, so, so we're not really talking a great difference between 16 and 18, are we? No, we're not. However, there is a big difference in, I think there's a big difference in, in terms of uh, barreling, edge to edge kind of distortions, things like that. Yeah. And 16 for me, it's just. You know that twenty-eight mil focal range full-frame equivalent is is a classic. It's a, it's a very classic focal range that, that you don't see very often. Mm. Um, I think Leica Leica still support it quite a lot, but you don't see it much on on many of the other brands. And I think that's you know it's that kind of twenty-eight mil to thirty-five mil full-frame range is your it's somewhere around there is your natural field of view, eye eye field of view, and I feel like that's what works for me. So. Uh, you know, I often, I usually take the 18 F2 with me to weddings and but rarely get it out because certainly in the dark, you know, in nighttime stuff, it's just not quite up to it. No. But now, when I get it, when I when I when I manage to sell the uh, the other lens, I will get that and uh, I'll be very happy. It's not the end of the line for the the 16 mil though, is it? No, 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 definitely not because the 16 mil people. I mean, the 16 mil is is ridiculously sharp lens and it's it's very good. You know, I can see people or I've seen stuff from people doing astrophotography with that lens. That is absolutely phenomenal. Mm. Um, you know, and certainly landscape stuff and everything. They're, they're, you know, there's a there's a market for it. Uh, the closer you get, when you get quite close with that that 16 mil lens. You, people end up looking like horses in that, you know, in 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 the frame. Yeah. Whereas the 18 mil, it just doesn't have that kind of distortion. Yeah. So I'm I'm yeah I'm really happy with the 18 mil. Um, yeah. Matt Fletcher, hello Neil, hello Kevin. A podcast creation question rather than a camera question. Any tips on where to get stock audio clips from? Any websites you recommend? Storyblock seems to be a great place for video and audio. Well, I don't use Storyblocks, but I know of it. And I've certainly watched uh, films of people who have story blocks and use it more for the for the video footage than they, they do for audio. But uh, in terms of sound effects, I suppose really um, Artlist is uh, is one place you could go to, isn't it? Um, because they have a new sound effects uh, library, yeah. which is growing and growing and growing. So it is. Yeah, um, I think that's uh, a, it's called Art Grid. Uh, I think, isn't it? Uh, no, Art Grid is the um, is the video uh, one. Oh yeah, SFX. Yeah, SFX. Art List. If you just go SFX, sound effects. Correct. Um, so you can yeah. either choose music or sound effects, and uh, so so go to Art List now. Kevin and I yes. both subscribe to uh, Art List, and mm -hmm. um, <laughs> who's going to put the link up then, Kev? Because uh, if you do go to Art List and you go via our link. We get a little bit of love in return, which gets us closer to the the, the holy grail of of getting their services for nothing. Hey, what are you up to? Um, oh, I don't know. Not many. Only three or four. Mm, I'm up to six. 
<laughs> I need four. I need four more for lifetime free access. Ah, I see. Kev, your plan. We'll put your link up then, as long as you email it to me. <laughs> but yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. <laughs> uh, I thought. I thought. Who's going to wrangle over this one? But I'm not. I'm not. It's. I'm not just saying that because we'd like to get to the the uh, closer to the to the lifetime uh, membership thing. Of, um, but also the fact that I think it's a really really good service. Ni- neither of us used um, Artlist in its early days, did we? And we sort of. We both ended up using using Artlist, and I'm really, really happy with the service. And you can- oh, Artlist is 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 brilliant. I, I think, and and the main thing about it is there is no, uh, you can use it for anything, commercial, yeah. personal, yeah. YouTube, and also they don't hold that sort of Damocles over your head that says when you stop subscribing, you've got to stop using the music. Um, you know that that's happened on on other services I've used where you stop subscribing and then you start getting. Uh, take down emails from YouTube saying you you know you don't you don't have the rights to use that music anymore. Mm. Well, so they promise that'll yeah. never happen. Yeah. Um, yeah. Although saying that, the other ones promised that as well. <laughs> but but um, also the other thing about Artlist is if you're making stuff for third party. So if you're making commercial, I know you mentioned commercial, but this is important not just for your commercial stuff for for your company, but also for other people. You can yep. use their music without it. There is one other service which um, which we won't mention because it it is a great. I mean, it has fantastic music, but it costs the crown jewels to ever um, to ever license something. If you're making a film for your photography business for somebody else, then it's just it's just unbelievably um, expensive. But Artlist is not. You pay your what is it now? Is it two nine nine dollars, Kev? Uh, yeah, something like that for a year. Yeah, I think. yeah. Um, and whilst that you think oh whoa that's a that's a big amount to to shell out straight away well if if you use a lot of music in your slideshows if you're making films or if you're making a podcast since matt mentions podcasts then um then really it's it's pennies once you start downloading loads and loads of music and sound effects and stuff yeah so i think it's it's a necessity for people who are doing um professional audio yeah um and films um and this yeah. next one really is for you kev and uh actually it's i know we're going to say straight away so what template do you use on your squarespace website for the fujicast the homepage <laughs> looks great for scrolling through the many episodes but kev is going to say <laughs> it's not on squarespace it's on <laughs> wordpress i know <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, the Fujicast is one. Is the one I've still got left to do. I know um, it's the only one, isn't it? I think it's the only one. In fact, I just <laughs> I just renewed my um, my hosting um, with SiteGround for for that uh, today. In fact, because uh, I I know that it's not something that's going to happen, no. you know, imminently. No. So yeah, that's still on. Um, uh, that's still on WordPress. The template on WordPress. God, I really don't know. Well, I have no idea what it was. Um, but to answer the question about Squarespace, if you go for a 7.1 orientated site, which you should yeah. these days, can you still get seven zero? Oh, you can. You can still. You can, you can still buy a seven zero one, can't you? You yeah. can, but yeah. then you're you're hooked into a template. So 7.1 is is template agnostic, so to speak. Yeah. You do start with a layout, but actually you can. They can all be changed to any of the other formats. Um, so there we go, Matt in Sh- uh, Chengdu in China. Ah, oh, we had a question from Matt before, didn't we? I think. There can't can't be many mats in Chengdu in China, surely. Well, there might be. I don't know. No, I would imagine. Yes, I think it's the same. Matt Fletcher's yeah. same uh, same writer, same caller. Thank you, caller. <laughs> right. Um, shall we? Uh, shall we go for our guest this week? Uh, meet Donna Svenovic, who has spent a lifetime making images across the world and in her beloved New York City for a range of publications and organisations, including being ABC Television's go-to photographer for top portraits and lifestyle imagery. Life magazine celebrated her work with a cover distinction, and she has a long-tail project that all started from dangling her feet atop one of New York's famous arterial bridges. More of that in a moment. Donna's portrait work is where we start, because if you look at her back catalogue, you quickly find famous eyes staring out, minus all the fuss and hubbub that surround the celebs these days, turning up with their, their Insta entourage. I was shooting at a time before publicists mm. and before a whole public relations machine. And uh, I, I remember realizing very early in my career that wanting to be photographed is a flattery and is something that is um, extending some respect to a person. Mm. 
it's paying attention again. It's paying attention to someone. I don't know. I was just, I was just, I tried to be very careful with people. And it was kind of wide open. I don't think it's the same anymore. I think people uh, are different now. Life magazine always fascinates me. And and you've, I mean, you've been credited with a picture of the year in, in that illustrious publication. That's quite a thing to hang on your wall, I think. Uh, but of course, it isn't a magazine now. And, and that was the place great careers started, wasn't it? Uh, a lot of people think it was probably the greatest picture magazine ever did why, why do you think people revered it so much what was so important about life i remember as a kid uh we everybody got life mm. uh delivered and we also got national geographic mm. and you could not throw away either of them so in my parents house in brooklyn there was just hundreds and hundreds of lives and look was another magazine and national geographic and it was just this, maybe it was, I'm not sure about this, but it might might have been the first magazine that used pictures so gigantically, uh, full, full page, full bleed, double truck pictures, just so big. And it was also, photography was new, color photography yeah, yeah. was new. You've, you've traveled the world, particularly when you work for ABC, there's a lot of suitcases, Donna, and a, a, a lot of towns. Was it the travel that kept you fascinated through all that time? What, what, what was it that kept you on the road and away from home? Yeah, it's novelty. I think some people like novelty, mm. like a lot of novelty. And I certainly did. And it's also an escape. I mean, I remember, right, uh, packing packing all the equipment for the trips that in itself uh the night before you're you're again I, i'm focused i'm thinking i'm trying to anticipate what do i need what do i what do i not need you know because it's always so heavy mm. and uh, very often i went uh, alone uh and met up with people so uh and it was it was just so exciting getting in that taxi at, at 5 a.m. or 4 a.m. and getting to the airport and smelling the jet fuel <laughs> and uh, you're off, you're, you're free. Uh, you know, again, you're leaving everything behind and going forward. What were the stories you particularly liked covering abroad? What was it about the different countries you went to? I mean, it's, it's impossible to even start listing them, but what, what, were, the mo what were the highlights? Well, uh, and it wasn't only abroad. Uh, I, I think uh, in anticipation of speaking to you, I was just thinking, and I was thinking, and also, also um, what's going on in New York. Mm. I was thinking that my, maybe my talent or also my love has to do with um, intimacy of photography and relational photography. It, it could be anywhere. It doesn't have to be uh, abroad, but it was, it was always when I would meet people and spend some time with them. And it could be, uh, you know, uh, some Maasai. I remember one morning we were in the middle of nowhere. It was me, a guy, and then a tracker. And the three of us were in the... We were near... Uh, Old Divide Gorge. I think I'm saying it right. I think that's where man began. We were camping there and we were making a fire and uh, waiting for the tea to cook. And then all of a sudden, these two Maasai came around and uh, were just, you know, came to say hello. They had spears and beads and everything. And, and they, uh, they uh, wanted, we gave them some tea. And they hung around for a while, and I uh, I took photographs of them. But it's just those um, intimate connections yeah. all over the world. But what I realized was uh, where where it's the family of man. We're all they wanted some tea. Um, I have a photograph of them holding the Nikon, and somehow I don't know why we were we were all laughing, and they were looking at the Nikon, laughing, just like they could be on Broadway over here. There's yeah. there's a lot of personal work it seems on your site, Donna. The the feet series, this is what you're famous for, <laughs> the, the feet series, proper long tail project. I mean, some people talk about long tail being what five ten years. You've been do you've been doing that project since 1978. 
Am I right in thinking that's the one that started on Brooklyn uh, Bridge, or, or was that that an image that was just part of the series? That started actually on this bridge called the Verrazano Bridge, right? And that connects uh, Staten Island to Brooklyn. So I was photographing the New York City Marathon with my then boyfriend um, Dan who was working for uh, Newsday or the AP. And this, he taught me so much, and it was, it was a great relationship. Hmm. He was a, he's a great photographer, and he was generous. And so he was going to go on top of the um, Verrazano Bridge. And um, he said, okay, you come too. And so we went on top of the Verrazano Bridge. And that's before a lot of people did that kind of thing. Yeah. So we were up there. And I guess I don't have fear of heights. Um, and we were looking around. It's very high up. And then for some reason, I sat on the edge and I was wearing sneakers. It's a black and white photo. You, you can see it on my site. Yeah. And I just decided to hang my le legs over the edge and then I and then I shot it and that's the first time I did it but then it became the red the red slippers didn't it then I cli I asked the um, Brooklyn Bridge I asked for permission wow. to go up there and uh, we you have to you have to actually walk up the cable with uh, safety belts on and I went with two bridge workers, and one was in front of me and one was behind me. Mm -hmm. And they were saying, you know, if you trip, you're not gonna <laughs> you're not gonna die, but you're gonna get gonna get really scared. Right. So um, I did not tell them or anybody that my idea was to do the same thing. I had some red high heeled sequin stilettos in my pack. And I didn't tell them, I'm going to go up there and sit on the edge. <laughs> I didn't think that they would like that. Um, but then when I got up there, um, they were nice guys. And I said, I took the shoes out of my pack. And I said, this is what I want to do. And they said, okay. And then they helped me. They Because it's at a slant on the edge there. It's not flat. So they helped me. They, they held me and uh, so I wouldn't fall off. And I did that shot. Donna, you're, you're not shy of showing everything, your feelings, your emotions. It all comes across in the pictures that you, that you show online, your, your relationships with people in particular. You've just talked about your relationships with people and how important they are. That one with your father the day he passed, I was like, whoa, I, that blew me away. I mean, that became part of the Feet series as well, I know. Um, but describe for me what you felt that day, because that was a palpable moment, that, that last day of Dad's life. Um, yeah. So I got a call from my mother in the morning. She said, um, I can't get dad up. I think he's dead. Hmm. And my mother was starting to, um, starting to have dementia then. And so I just, um, I just, uh, put a camera, I put a camera in the bag and I took my dog Sparky cause you see Sparky in that you picture. Yeah. And I walked into the room and I still wasn't sure because my father was in a sleep position that we've he, like this, that he was always in, that we know it very well, that position. But then when I walked over, um, he was dead mm. and and he was cold. I sat down in a chair and uh, my mother was in and out. We were crying a lot and it was very peaceful there. And then. Sparky, my dog, got up and sat on the bed right there. He was very used to being photographed, Sparky. Was he? And I just, I just did what I usually do. Um, mm. I, I, yeah, I shot, I, I photographed it. Yeah, photographed his, him and Sparky and my feet. I, I've talked with photographers of, of late, two or three actually, and reasonably in a row, who have photographed their parents' battles with Parkinson's and dementia. And you mentioned mum sadly has dementia. I'm sorry about that. Are you intending to, to photograph her plight? Well, every time I, I uh, have my real camera and I'm going to take a picture, she goes like this. She was a knockout mm. when she was young. I mean, I have, 
I have scanned and retouched a lot of the old snapshots and she used to wear red lipstick and she had blonde hair and she'd wear tight suits and high heels and she's she's ravaged by time in a way now. Um, so she doesn't ever want me to take her picture except she allowed me at her birthday recently. Uh, she put on some lipstick and she, she actually posed for the real camera. So what I do is I sneak, I sneak pictures yeah. on the iPhone when she's not looking or she doesn't realize sometimes. Maybe, maybe that's a terrible thing to do. I'm yeah. a photographer. Yeah. I'm doing it. Um, so I do, uh, I do sneak pictures of her. Yeah. What's next photographically? I, I know photographers always have plans. You've got long tail projects, um, I, I'm sure, and you've got things that you want to do, achieve, see, be, places to be. What? What? Where would you like to go? What would you like to do? I don't know. I, I'm trying to be open because now, in a way, I love doing a, a portrait of a person more than ever. It's such a wonderful thing to do. It's such. It's getting to know someone. Yeah. Uh, it's it's such a, a pleasurable thing to do. Our thanks to Donna Svenovic. If you like your photo stories, two stories this week for you on my podcast, Photography Daily. Today I talked to Todd Vickers. So after this show, head across there and you will hear him, who with his Fujifilm camera is a location scout and manager in the movie business. He's the photographer you want to see in your front yard because if you do, he comes with a big check. Well, later on anyway. And he has some superb stories about scouting locations, having worked for a decade now in the business. So I had a friend that worked with Ridley Scott on a project, and when he first was talking to him on set one day, he said how much he admired a movie called The Duelist. Yeah. I don't know if you're familiar with that film. Yes. It's one of his early works. It's a beautiful film about the Napoleonic War. And Ridley just looked at him and smiled and said, fucking telephone poles. And he said, what? He says, I can tell you where every bloody telephone pole is in France. It's a real peer into a photography genre that just isn't really ever talked about. And then Wednesday, big week. A photographer who's shot over 100 covers for Vogue Worldwide and 40 covers of Rolling Stone magazine since the mid-70s. He's considered one of the most influential photographers of the 20th century and beyond, none other than Albert Watson OBE, who has a story or two, including the day he thought he'd earned an absolute king's ransom in 1971 for a handful of pictures from his first job. I got into the elevator and kind of ripped open the envelope. I looked at it quickly, and it looked to me like it was $150 for five shots. Turns out that $150 was a little bit more. Find out about that on Wednesday. Photography Daily is on all podcast apps, and if you're a patron, you get to hear the extra two diary and inspiration shows written every week for you. Plus, Mr. Watson will be sharing some additional stories. That's Photography Daily. Right, back to your questions. Kev. Okay, so I have a question, and uh, this one uh, came in one day ago from Jamie Gonzalez. Howdy, gents. Could they, would they, should they? Make an app that allows you to edit, store, and upload camera settings. Maybe a group of wedding settings, a group of landscape, street, etc. Oh. Settings would include recipe, etc. Customized to what I want to shoot. Right. Well, they kind of do. That's that's really what Extra Studio does. But it's not an app. It's not on your phone. It's uh, you can you can set up your recipes in Extra Studio, and then if you've got the later cameras, you can just press a button and it kind of points them to the camera, mm. and press another button and it sucks them in from the camera onto the software. So you can do it that way. Um, I always remember one of the cool things about the Canon system was that you could you could save to the memory card. Uh, there was an option. Let's just call it save settings. And it would save a little text file to your to your memory card. Oh, yeah. You could take that out and stick it in another camera and, and ingest the settings. Mm -hmm. and, and you can kind of do that with the Bluetooth and wireless app. But the app is, uh, I think, as lots of people have, have kind of figured out it's over the years. It's a bit twitchy. A bit twitchy, yeah. So, yeah, I mean... I think the challenge for them is that, you know, lots of different X-Trans sensors. So you're going to have people who maybe have an X-T4 who want to, uh, you know, suddenly think, well, I want to send my settings to an X-Pro2. And, and it just won't work because 
the sensor is different and so the software on board is different yeah um so i think there's a lot of complications in that respect but yeah x x raw studio is is partly there is part is what is it is there entirely but it's computer based so the question was could they would they should they (laughs) and i think the answer to those is maybe possibly yes could maybe would possibly should yes that's answered a bit like andreas andreas would ask uh, answer a question like that yeah yeah you're you're channeling your inner andreas then you were i'm learning from the king of marketing yes yeah (laughs) Um, here's one from Helen Acklam. Um, hi, I'm not sure if you can help with this, but I have some Fujifilm kit and I'm struggling to understand what to get that's best for my needs to add to this. Is this the sort of thing you deal with? And I thought, well, it's right up our street, that. But it was a bit open, so I said, well, you'll have to tell me a little bit more about what your needs are. So Helen wrote back and said, uh, yep, so I've got an X-T3, love it, and the zoom kit lens. I wasn't getting enough detailed tone range uh, with that lens when photographing my artwork. Oh, you should... Uh, I will give you a link for Helen um, Acklam's art. It is incredible. Um, so I bought a fixed 35 f2. I now need a wider angle so I can get shots of workers exhibited. So more of a kind of interiors lens that will also give good tonal range and detail. Not sure if that should be a zoom or whether I'm better with a fixed. What size would give an interior shot without too much distortion? There's another part of the question, but let's deal with that bit first. Well, I think the answer is the new 1814 in that respect. Mm. The 16 is wider. Oh, and obviously you've got the 1024 as well. Um, but the wider you go, basically, the more distortion you, you're going to get. Uh, and I also, I did actually look at Helen's website, and you're right about the artwork. Um, it was very good. Yeah. So for things like that, if it's for... Um, you know, exhibition work and stuff like that is is fine for the context type images and documenting what's going on. But if you're taking pictures of artwork for uh, reference, for you know storage and cataloging, yeah. then I think you probably want to get the uh, a strongest prime lens uh, that you can get because you you certainly don't want kind of barreling or any of those weird things that can happen on on very wide lenses. No. What what um, price is the eighteen uh, going to be set at, Kev? I think it's eight seven nine mm-hmm. sterling UK. Mm-hmm. So eight hundred seventy nine in the UK, which means it will probably be about four hundred US dollars. <laughs> yes. We give a, we give a, a bit of blood and guts to the government on top. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, there was a second part of the question. Also, wonder whether a medium format or full frame camera will give better results. I.e., would I notice a big difference between that and my XT three? All artwork, in brackets, is for online sites and online submissions. Never need anything blown up. So, uh, yeah, I mean, would it be a a GFX job instead, perhaps? Yeah, I mean, the GFX will give you better images and better resolution, better detail, uh, certainly will. I mean, a lot of the people who are buying the... Uh, GFX are things like museums, yeah. curators that are, are, you know, as I just said, c- cataloging um, bodies of work, artwork. So yes, you will will get it. But uh, honestly, you have to you have to know what you what you need. Really, it's an XT3 may be perfectly good enough for what you need. In which case, don't spend the extra money on a on a GFX. Um, you know, if if in doubt, uh, rent an XT3. See if that gives you what you think you need. Um, if it does, stop there. I'm just looking at some of Helen's artwork here. Boy, what a talent. Wow. Yeah, it was lovely. I, I remember I, I, oh, when that email came in, I looked. Oof. Yeah, It was very, the, very the good. The Arcades Project in particular. Um, I could sit here and look at that all afternoon. But um, we have to do a book. What's the book of the week, Kev? Yeah, so the book of the week is is Event by Matthew Beck. Right. Now, the reason why I have this, I, it, it arrived yesterday. So on Wednesday evening, or maybe Tuesday evening, I was on one of the Martin Parr Foundation webinars. He, you know, he, he puts them on these days because yeah. of the lockdown. Yeah. You pay a few pounds and, and you, you kind of have a webinar with people. And it was uh, Joel Merowitz. And, and it was fascinating chat, actually. Um, uh, you know, really interesting. Uh, however, one of, the thing, one of the questions that was thrown at him at the end was, uh, you know, what, what are you looking at these days? What, what excites you? And he said, uh, you know, he's got this book called Event by Matthew Beck. Mm. Uh, and that was pretty much all he said about it. So I thought, well, okay, I'll have a look for that. And, and I duly ordered it. Um, and it's, 
it's actually really interesting. The story behind it is almost as interesting as the pictures. Essentially, the synopsis is that on some day, I can't remember the exact day, um, on the New York Times, there was a picture of the... Um, you remember when they, they, they took a picture of the black hole? I can't remember how many years ago this was, and it was like a massive thing in science. They actually had a photograph of the black hole yeah. um, or a black hole, and it was all over the, the newspapers. So he's taken that idea... Or he's taken that uh, that theme, if you like, and then he's gone into the the New York underground, and he's used that as the the kind of basis for this this the pictures in this book. And and what you have is there's a whole load of images that are kind of unrelated, but you know they're they're uh, in the dark, they're uh, in the underground. There's some wonderful street photos of kind of juxtapositions and everything yeah. but the running theme is the black hole and the newspaper so probably on i don't know every four or fifth page is somebody holding this newspaper oh yeah uh the new york yeah. times with the picture of the black hole yeah the photograph of the black hole and it it's really quite incredible so uh it, it's only a small book it's not it doesn't seem to be particularly lavishly produced but it's you know it's it's just really interesting I'm, like the central spread is um, is a guy with that paper, and it's obviously he's in he's inside the paper now. So there's multiple pictures of the the black hole, and this guy's just writing a telephone number on it or something, you know. And then yeah. you've got random pictures on the underground of uh, you, you know like hands and and people and and all that kind of stuff. And then you know another one, for example, is a picture of a guy who's uh, scratching the back of his head, and next to him on the chair on the tube is a discarded paper with a picture of the uh, of the black hole. Yeah. Um, so I don't know whether this was taken over a series of days, but certainly it was taken around that news event mm. and it's phenomenal it's it, you know it's really really interesting it's, there's some really good kind of character portraits as well uh this is one lady uh, you know only in new york i think she's she must be about 150 years old but you know <laughs> okay. like red lipstick and bright bright blue eyeshadow uh, you know, oh, none see, of it's none her, of it's yeah. on properly. Uh, there's a picture of a, a drunk guy lying on the floor. There's yeah. ice creams discarded. Yeah. Uh, there's another guy with this this incredible kind of nose ring thing. Oh. Um, Does he pick the, up Radio Two on that? Yeah, you're looking at the same picture, but he's got the uh, the New York Times with yeah. the you know with the with, with the black hole on it. I got him. Yeah, um, yeah. It's really really interesting. I, I, you know, I'm not saying that people are going to look at this and think you know it's it's the best photography in the world. I mean, I'm not here to, to kind of make that de it's a, it's, that decision. It's a fascinating project, though, isn't it? Very fascinating. And and also, I think, remarkable in that I th he must have just thought, right, this is now. I know there's a, a jacket description on there, Kev, and, and that might help us get to the bottom of, of why he did this. Um, read, the, read that jacket description there for us. Peering into Light's graveyard... Uh, the first image oh. of the black hole, that's in quotes, yeah. uh, read the New York Times 11th of April cover story. The headline, like many others that day, was accompanied by an image of a glowing celestial ring yeah. framed by infinite blackness. The first image of a black hole. In his first book, New York photographer Matthew Beck, born 1986, <laughs> why we need to know that, uh, focuses on the unveiling of this previously unseeable image by following it into the depths of the New York City subway. Mm. The book suggests the notion that the cosmos is not something to simply be observed from our vantage point as humans, but more a, uh, more a system that we intrinsically are a part of. And the true nature of the black hole seems to be as elusive as the answer to humanity's most pressing question of why. Now, now I've just read that, and I think that's a whole load of old baloney. I just think it's a really good story, um, yeah. all of that stuff. I, I, I was thinking for a minute you sounded like one of those descriptor panels in an art gallery where you, you, you doesn't matter how many times you read it over, you think, who on yeah. earth wrote that? That doesn't make yeah, any sense Yeah, I kind of wish I hadn't started reading that now. But the, the um, <laughs> yeah, I, you know, I, I just think it's it's fascinating and, and, and well done to him for, you know, basically thinking, well, that's, that's unique. We, one of the things that John Mayowitz was saying, the problem with photography these days is that, you know, it's almost like, was it uh, Graham Alexander Bell who's, you know, once he'd invented the telephone and all that kind of stuff, he sacked all of his, his staff and said, there's nothing left in the world to invent. Hmm. You know, it's all been done. Go home. We're done. Everything's been invented. And of course, that was like 1912 hmm. but, um, or, or 1840 or whatever. And John Mayowitz was saying, you know, the problem with photography is that people are finding it difficult to not take pictures that have never been taken before, but to find 
angles mm. find stories find themes you know we're all too keen and you know to to just be cliche and he's right and, and i think he's right and and you know this is a classic example i you know I'm, I'm not sure any of those particular pictures would be uh you, you know would would hang on a wall next to some of joel mayowitz's best work but oh. it's a you know what a, what a great thing you know imagine that you know Boom, there's the black art, a black hole on the newspaper. I'm going to make a photo book out of that. I think one of the issues, Kev, is that because we uh, have so much access to anything we want now, if you think, oh, I wonder if anybody's done a project about X, the worst thing you can do is go look it up. And because we see so much, devour so much, so much follows uh, flows before our, our eyes, and we, we're hit by so many images every single day, I think that can be one of that can be one of the uh, the most damaging things to our creativity. Oh yeah, I totally agree. I, you know, I think that I think we're lucky. Also, don't get me wrong. I think we're very lucky to live in the world that we live, and the the accessibility to stuff, and the uh, you know the education and the the ability for people to you know to to get stuff online and everything. Yes, there's downsides, but also positives. But yeah, you're right. I mean, you can go down a black hole, <laughs> quite literally. Uh, looking for looking at stuff and and you're always going to find what's that word they call it google you type something into google and there's no results it's a google whack that's it a google whack oh right yeah if you can type something that makes sense you know like a proper word or proper sentence but it doesn't reserve it doesn't actually serve you up an answer has zero results right now years and years and years ago there was loads you could get a google whack quite easily yeah um not now. now not now no, very hard. Well, what sort of question would you have to put in there? Maybe. I'm not telling you. I'm not telling you the things I put into Google. <laughs> no, best not. Um, How does Neil get his voice? <laughs> uh, it doesn't have an answer for that one. There we are. Google whack straight away. What? What a great project, though. That's really yeah. good. That's really good. I've just seen a picture of uh, picture of me in there, Kev. Have you, have you seen Have you seen the picture of the the uh, the the, um, the the guy that looks like he's eaten far too much during lockdown with a New York T-shirt on? Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I saw that one earlier. And yeah, he, he, on, seem, he appears to have dropped pizza all down himself, but he yeah. doesn't care at all. Yeah, <laughs> my, I think my favourite picture in there is the is the glove. There's a, a janitor, uh, like I don't know, like a, a, a dustpan and brush, as we call it. It's probably yeah. something else in America. The brush is kind of leant forward a little bit, but yeah. it's still being held up. And and the guy, the janitor, has, has stuck his gloves on the top and gone off for a coffee or something. So it looks like this spook, spooky hand is is kind of controlling the brush. It's just hovering in midair. M Y C T A are the logos on there. So uh, probably travel something or other. Yeah, yeah, you're right about that. Here's that guy. Yeah, you're right. he does look like you. You're right. <laughs> yeah, he's got my chins. That's for sure. Right, um, so the, the book is available. It's not going to cost you the earth, is it, this one? It's uh, wi widely available. Yeah, widely available. Amazon uh, event, Matthew Beck. Yeah. Good book. Good. Right, back to your questions. Um, we had one, I know, from uh, Howling Bassett last week, but uh, I, I did spy this, and I thought it was quite interesting. Um, question. You notice that some of the grooms' party have their buttonholes on the wrong side. So if you're photographing a wedding, obviously. Do you mention it? I used to, he says, but that just delayed things, getting them all sorted, and it would normally be me doing the pinning. Plus, plunging pins into expensive suits probably isn't covered by my wedding insurance. Andy. Uh, do you want to go for that first, Kev, or me? I think you know what my answer is. Well, I would I would mention it. Of course I'd mention it, because it's not, it's not my day. It's what side is it meant to be on? I didn't think there was a side. How do I know? What side is it? Um, is there a side? Yeah, it's it's on your you wear it on your left side. Don't, is it? Do you know what? I, I look at it. Haven't been to a wedding for so long. Kev, I can't remember. But yes, there is a side. Of course, there's a side. It's on their left side. Uh, okay. Or is it on their right side? I might have to look. <laughs> exactly, Kev. I, do you know what? I really can't remember. <laughs> I didn't know. Nine hundred weddings, and I can't. Well, there is a side. Yes. Um, and the answer is... Why is there a side? That seems sidest to me. <laughs> why can't you wear it on... Why can't you wear it on whichever side you I want? I think it's on the right side now. I'm trying to remember. Uh, oh, whatever side. But I would mention... Of course I'd mention it. Because, um, I, you know, I, I, I don't want somebody regretting all those photographs saying, oh, I wish somebody would have just told me about that. 
Yeah, but you, you. But the thing is, you don't know. You just, you said yourself just then. It's right. No, it's left. Yeah, right now. So I'd... you could get the fellas to move it from the left to the right, <laughs> and then you would have made all their pictures back. <laughs> <laughs> no, because there'll only be one donut that's done it wrong. It won't be the whole lot, will it? Um, I don't get involved in any of that stuff. Why I don't. not? Why not, Kev? No, because I, I, if I touch something, or if I, it's like sometimes they'll say, uh, you, you know, can you like move the wedding dress or something? I'm like, nope. <laughs> no, I know, if i touch yeah. it it will just turn to dog straight away okay i'm not doing it I, I don't i don't touch any of it you know none of it I, it's not i i i you know i'm i'm the photographer i'm not the fashion designer no, but you don't have to be person. a fashion designer it's just you're doing something to help it's called, it's humanity kev it's just saying i'll help you out mate go on you got it on the wrong side just it is the left side by the way uh, just switch it across. <laughs> See, you were saying it was the right side. Yeah, well, I, had to, well, I didn't say left first. I just, I just had to look up a couple of pictures. <laughs> it really is that long. Um, yeah, I don't think I don't think me in my in my crumpled shirt and my <laughs> my hair, you know, and my beard and whatever, any right to say to people. <laughs> Have you ever have you ever put somebody's buttonhole on, Kev? No, no, never. No, because what would happen then is I'd poke my finger and blood would spurt all over their face. <laughs> I know it. That's exactly what would happen. Oh, Kev, I do think you're catastrophizing slightly. But that's it. That's what would happen. No, honestly. But no, on a serious point, I don't think it's it's you know some I, I read about some photographers taking um, like sewing kits and things just in case you know the bride says oh, oh my god my buttons popped off my dress yeah. and a photographer comes to rescue. Well, da, 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 da. Yeah, Super why? That's not your job. Your job yeah. is to take while you're fanning about with knitting needles. There's pictures to be taken. Oh, I'd never do that bit. I mean, I would point. I I have done a buttonhole because let's face it, a lot of men are a bit useless at that stage. And and you <laughs> I would be awful. And you look at them and you think, oh, good God, give me the pin, man. Come here. I mean, there's there's uh, no no coincidence that the word useless starts with the same letter as the word usher. Um, but I try not to because I'd rather, yes, you're absolutely right. I'd rather be making the pictures, but I will point it out. Um, I honestly didn't really know that was a thing. It is a thing. I mean, I would, <laughs> what would I say? I can't think of any real, I mean, I, I suppose if I, if I saw one of the boys walk in to the ceremony room and their shirt was untucked behind them or something, I might say, you know, <laughs> or you mate, your, your shirt's undone. Yes. Um, and at which point he would probably turn around and say, "Yeah, well, that's the fashion in it, mate." Yeah. Uh, you know, so that's that's what I just, uh, yeah, I don't get involved. Kev, they're doing it like this in LA, don't you know? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I didn't yeah. know. Sorry, but uh, no, it's a good question. But um, it's a good question. As for insurance, I don't know. Really, would an insurance company if you if you stuck a pin in somebody? Well, I suppose it would these days. Such as the litigious society that we live in. Yeah. No, I'm not going any. I don't go near the people. <laughs> Stay away. And actually, you know, this, the new two meter rule or whatever that, that's it's, probably going to be with us for the next five years. No, I think that's going to no, save us all. <laughs> no, it won't, Kev. Yeah. No, I can't do portraits anymore because they're they're unlawful. You can't have them. All right. Your yeah. your question. All right. I've got a question here from Will Simmons, mm. and he says, uh, "Dear Kevin Neal, I was wondering how you use the HSL sliders when editing your images. Mm. Uh, I understand how HSL works, but I've noticed in your videos, Kevin, that you have very specific figures that you plug into Lightroom. How do you determine which colours to change, and are there certain looks that you're going for? Uh, we have had this question, or very have. similar question, yeah. like I use, a year or so ago. I use um, it, it's hue, saturation, and luminance, isn't it?" Yeah. Um, so, so hue I do use because um, I find that can be really useful. Grass is such a difficult thing sometimes for 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 uh, sensors. It seems to get to to accurately get. And sometimes, if you have a certain brand of camera, uh, mention no names, you end up with electric green lawns. But um, this isn't so much a question about how how to use it. Of course, this is um, this is a how and why you use it the way you do, Kev, in, in your very specific way. Uh, I, I use it when I'm building kind of recipes and, and looks yeah. and stuff. Not all the time, but yeah, I mean, it, it can be. Now, of course, you have, in, in the later versions of Lightroom, you have the, um, the color wheels, mm. which, which are basically a visual representation of it, much easier to use. Um, but yeah, so I, 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 yeah, similar thing. You know, you don't want uh, electric green grass and, no. and all that stuff but for presets and styles that you're trying to design yourself they can it can be really useful especially actually the saturation because a lot of the older film stocks were were quite weak in the density of color 
so pulling the saturation back on the on the reds and greens and blues generally uh, and you know and and on weird colors like uh magenta and cyan do you say cyan or cyan cyan Cyan, yeah. Yeah. I, yeah, cyan. I say cyan too. I think a lot of people say cyan. Do they? Yeah. No, Ky- um, Ky- cyan's the lad that goes down the local youth club. It's proper tear away. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, yeah. So you can um, you can get some. It's a subtle thing though. You don't want to be dragging them all over the place. You you really need to be looking at. Your end, you need to have an, a visual, I think with the HSLs, you need to understand what you're looking for rather than using it to edit a specific image, understand what you're trying to look for first. So I want this picture to look a little bit like this in your mind, and then you've got something to aim for. Um, if you just think, oh, I wonder what this works like, and then you, you're going to start seeing deeper blues. And of course, if you pull the blues up in a, um, uh, you know, the skies suddenly look really blue, and that's great. But then you're going to have, uh, you know, nuclear eyes, and you know, yeah. the eyes are all going to people with blue eyes are going to look like they're, they're, you know, they're, you know, of a horror film. So you've got to be a little bit careful with it. I suppose you use HSL a lot when you're, uh, as you said, w- w- with your recipes. Um, that's where it really comes into its own, isn't it? When you're when you're creating presets and things. Yeah, exactly. When you're looking for a look that's that's uniformed, but but each one, the more you change, the more you you, you slide around with those, the more you need to keep an eye on the end images, um, because not every image is you know is going to have the same uh, control over the greens and the blues and and everything else. Do you so. do you um, use it also with we're making films when you're doing your your filmmaking? No. So in Premiere Pro, I'll use the color. Um, the colour color wheels color again. Wheels. And lumetri colour. Uh, lum- lumetri colour, yeah. So, but again, I don't really play too much with it, I have to say. Um, it's mostly, you know, in filming, it's more about uh, shadows and brightness and, and what have you. Right. Um, I, think, I think we may have gone around the, the houses a, a little there. Did, did we answer that? Um, do we have time for one more? Uh, oh, it's up to you. I really need a wee. <laughs> <laughs> Do I edit? We can, we can, I feel like I've got enough uh, latitude to do, do one more question. Though. Do we? Do we edit that, or do we make this question? Who says we should make this question really long for Kev? Oh, do you, do you need to have a we first, Kev? We could. I could play some lift music for a second. <laughs> music? No, yeah. I'm I'm good. Are you sure? I'm good. I'm knocking I'm knocking my knees together under the table. <laughs> okay. Ah, <laughs> oh, stuff stuff you probably don't need to know. Uh right. Let's do this question. Let's do it really quickly though, so that Kev can uh, Kev <laughs> Kev can do what he needs to do. This one is from Carlos Garcia. Hello. I'm just trying to slow it down, Kev. Uh, I honestly <laughs> thought my computer had broke. <laughs> Did you? What's, what's I thought, the... what's going on with my speakers? Hello, Kevin and Neil. I think I've I've actually uh, managed to do this slow effect. My, very good. Personally, I've stumbled upon, uh, upon your show a few months ago and I've uh, been enjoying it ever since. So that's very kind of you, Carlos. Um, now, I'm going back and listening to some of the older podcasts to see if you guys have ever talked about the Fuji XQ1. Um, I've been thinking about getting that tiny camera so I can carry it with me everywhere I go. Currently, I have the X100V. Uh, oh, you lucky thing. But even though that's a small camera, it's not really pocket size. And I know the sensor on the XQ1 is almost the size of a new iPhone. I still don't find the same shooting experience with that in an actual camera. What are your thoughts? No, I, I don't know that camera at all. No, neither do I. I've never, at least I don't think I've ever used it um i've seen it i've seen it about um i think i th- i think get bigger pockets carlos and carry the xf uh, the x100v rather in in your bigger pocket yeah I, I mean i would imagine like the xf1 is similar to xq1 is similar to the uh, what was the xf1 and then uh you know things like the x70 and stuff like that in yeah. size i think um but yeah, I, I, I'm just quickly looking at the specs. It's about sensors, and there's no um, color filter array and all that kind of stuff. So uh, you, ultimately, it's it's an entry level, small, very small, compact camera. And and as we said earlier, uh, you know, if if it does what you want it to do, brilliant. Right <laughs> there we go, Carlos. I hope that helps. I, I suspect it didn't too much. But I'm sure, Carlos Garcia, in Texas, you can appreciate that Kevin right now is rather uncomfortable. So uh, there, there's a reason to end the show. If ever, if ever there was one, 
Um, Thank you very much for for joining us this week. If you'd like to send in a question of your own, you can do so uh, by sending it. Well, there's two ways to do it. Either go to click at fujicast.co.uk um, or you can send it via the uh, the Facebook group. Kev gets his questions from Facebook. I get mine from the email at the moment. But in a couple of weeks' time, it doesn't matter because we're all in the same place. I've been dusting off where you're going to be sitting, by the way, Kev. Have you? It's looking spick and span for you. Good. Good. Um, I'm looking forward to it. Next no, week, I think, isn't it? No, week after. Oh. Or it could be next week. No, it could be next week, actually, Kev. Hmm. Or No, it's, it is next week. Yes, it's next week. <laughs> I'm just trying to hold you here as long as I can. So yeah, send, yeah, yeah. Should we talk about buttonholes again? <laughs> yeah, let's do that. Let's talk about boxes, Kev. Oh. Fa- thank you to all those that are supporting the show by Patreon. If you can do it, fantastic. For those who feel it's appropriate, of course. Uh, not just for us, but for your pocket as well. Music from Blue Wednesday with supporting music from the, in- up. From the incredible artlist.io. <laughs> I'm just having a think, actually, Kev. Oh. <laughs> I just, I, I wonder if we could discuss... Um, um, I don't know. I'm trying to think of something we can discuss, Kev. Should we just let you go? Hang up. (laughs) See you next week, Kev. Bye. Bye. (laughs) The Fujicast is an independent loading zone production. Email the show with your questions and words of wisdom to click at fujicast.co.uk. Email any complaints and political nonsense to our wives who will deal with your comments in their own good time and in their own good way. I I need to go. Go, 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 go. I'll still be here. Okay. All right. Give me a second. Feel like we should time him. Two hours later. Right. I'm back. <laughs> Did you wash your hands? Yes.